Welcome to Cinema Talk, the podcast of the UW Cinematheque. My name is Mike King. I'm a programmer here. This week's View at Home film, co-presented with the Wood Film Committee, is This Is Not a Burial, It's a Resurrection, which was originally scheduled to play our 2020 Wisconsin Film Festival almost a full year ago. We're happy to finally be able to bring this beautiful film to you at last. Winner of a special jury award for visionary filmmaking at the Sundance Film Festival, this stunningly crafted cinematic experience is set in the country of Lesotho, where an 80-year-old woman takes a stand against the planned flooding of her community, including the cemetery where her ancestors and descendants are buried. In the words of David Bordwell, director Lemohang Jeremiah Mosese generates a work of mythic dimensions. He does it through lustrous visuals, an evocative soundtrack, and a character who creates a legend that will live for generations. Our guest this week is Lemohang Jeremiah Mosese, the director, writer, and editor of This Is Not a Burial, It's a Resurrection. Here's our conversation. Lemohang Jeremiah Mosese, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so I thought we might start the conversation, um, as your film does, with this narrator figure who appears on screen but is not exactly part of the story world. Um, he draws us into the story in this remarkable shot, which sets the stage for what's to follow. And I'm wondering what led you to frame the story in this way. You know, there are places in Lesotho where um, and people who go to these places to, it's sort of a shibins or they're like this uh, bars that are like 24-hour bars. They're like in the middle of, of, of like taxi rank. They are very in the, in the dark places mm-hmm. and mostly people who go there, they're like miners coming back from home or people who are not working or minors who sort of got retrenched and they're not no more working. It's almost like a really a place. It's very broken. It's like everybody who goes there, it's very broken. Mm-hmm. And there's something that I've always find very interesting about these places of people who are, who just go there and talk about stories, what life used to be for them and how they used to, they used to dig up gold in South Africa. And how they used to form this um, these gangs in the mines, and uh, and I, I I think I gravitate to what the setting itself, and and then the idea of the legend in this particular space, it was something that I felt like was important because it's almost like someone who speaks of the past city, he speaks of the drowned, he speak he speaks of the of the of the place that doesn't exist anymore and what i liked uh that i felt like very uh passionately about this was because i wanted to to show this person is existing in in the actual physical space but at the same time this person could be somewhere else that he's not there mm-hmm. um yeah so that's what sort of uh, my thinking to what's building up for that opening was to capture that that time of hour of the night or, or in the morning at four o'clock in the morning when everybody's sort of just holding on to whatever it's there that, that they, it just gives them a comfort for the night to end. 
It's a very powerful beginning uh, to the movie. And what could you tell us about the instrument that he's playing? I don't think I've seen something like that before. Yeah, the instrument is very specific for Basuru. Uh, um, it's very specific for the Sutu. Uh, it's the, it's like a it's like a stick, and it has a sort of a string that is attached on both ends. And on the other end, uh, where you put it in, 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 as a mouthpiece, there is a, a piece of a horn, hmm. a piece of a horn. I think that produced the sound with the string. And it's it's not many people can actually play it. It it, it really um, it's very complex. It's very complex. It's one of the old uh, instruments that we have. Hmm. Um, and also, people are really uh, passionate about this instrument. They've they've always they, it's always shrouded in, in mysticism, like they can they can only play a certain period of time. But of course, there are people like especially the shepherds who can just play it anytime they, they want to play it. But there are people who are also very there's a sort of zealotry to it mm. that they play it in a specific day, in a specific time of the day. Um, like the guy who composed it in the, in the beginning, uh, I went to his house and I started to recording. Um, take some recordings and um, I, I thought it was going to be just easy to say, okay, you're going to play. And then I, I record. And then we, we had to have into conversation. And after some time, he's like, oh, now, okay, I think I'm ready now. Oh, cool. And then, you know, it took like pretty much the whole day wow. <laughs> of like a, a small segment, you know, and which, which I love. I, I think I, I, I love this uh, approach to, to to work itself yeah it seems to go well with the film um so the narrator casts this monumental quality over the movie um, from the beginning which as you say makes it feel like a kind of legend the story itself is about the flooding of a community and in particular the local cemetery and this incredible woman's stand against it can you talk a bit more, more about where this story part of it comes from i've read you have a personal connection to the material Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the, the 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 place that it's now uh, in in the verge of being flooded, it's where my grandfather, my grand, my, 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 my grandmother comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of my, my 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 mother, it comes from this area. It, it's a, it's it's a, all in the in the outskirts of the of the of the main districts. It's it's like a deep in the mountain. Mm-hmm. It's like the highest, almost it's the highest peak in Southern Africa, the place where um, it's, go- it's now going to be flooded. And people have been like prote- protesting and, and hoping to get some sort of compensation, but it's been like ongoing sort of negotiations. And in the end, of course, they will have to, to leave. Um, and, but it didn't start there actually with the dam. A um, couple of years ago, the, one of the first dams to be built was built in uh, in in in, in, in It's another area, and um, and there was so much monopoly going on because a lot of a lot of leaders were bribed, and the World Bank financed it, and South Africa also was a part of the whole um, of the whole you know facilitation that was happening of the dam and and, and the water being transported to South Africa and um, and the people who were who were displaced 
they were displaced in the outskirts of the city where it's, it's full of uh, Levi Jean industry, mm. where, where, where there's like literally a river, a blue river. They call it a blue river. It's like this toxic waste river running through the village. Wow. This is the place where they were displaced. Wow. And I remember I used to live very close by there. And there was a friend of mine that I would visit uh, who lives there as well that the, these people were literally lost. And, they, and this, uh, the decay, the, the village decay was very evident once they arrived there because now they couldn't keep the livestock, they couldn't farm anymore. And, um, and many, of course, they give in to alcohol, they give in to um, other things, like w- whether it's, um, it's the, you know, there was a, sort of a lawlessness going on in, that, in this area. Um, and I feel like that was the first time when I had an idea of, well, I, I think I, 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 need to, I need to tell the story. But at the same time, I didn't want to just tell, it, it's, it was not enough. Um, the, the, the story of the dam, it's not enough. It's a very important story to tell, but that's not how I tell the story. There's something that needs to grab me, even if I want to tell that story, even if it's that political but there's something that's very, almost very spiritual mm. that I need to connect with um, and use it this as a backdrop of the story, but still being very authentic and being very, um, I guess, very sensitive to that story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the qualities I really admire in your film is the way it addresses the problem in both spiritual and practical terms. You know, on the one hand, there's this deep reverence for the land and the ancestors who are buried there. And on the other, we see um, Mantoa taking the bus to deal with bureaucrats in a sort of very down on the ground, you know, normal sort of way. Um, Can you talk a bit about the incorporating both sides of that into the film? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, you ha- also, uh, as I said, I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to be authentic. And of course, there are instances where I will inject myself or maybe what my, the, my vision of the future or how I would like things to go or how I would like the, the, the picture to, 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 uh, of our life, uh, of these people's lives to, to become, which is more fictional. Mm-hmm. But the reality is they have their own reality. Mm-hmm. It, and for me, I, I also wanted to be, as much as I'm very objective, I, I mean, I create from that place of being objective and I put myself in the picture. I put my ideas in the picture, but I also wanted to observe them. Like in a sense of, I didn't want to judge them that much. I didn't want to judge the bureaucracy for first thing that was happening with with the you know in regard to the dam in regard to uh, uh, Mandua going to see um, these offices in this municipal uh, offices, I I, I I wanted them to uh, to be human. I wanted to humanize them, and uh, and, and and because that's what happening every day. And I've seen this all, all, all the time when I'm when, I, when I'm in Lesotho that especially in summer you will see line of people like a a huge chain of people waiting to get a pension or to, 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 or, or to buy uh, a grocery or, or, to, or, or, to, or to, to, to draw money from the bank. And it's almost like it's given, it, not, not given, but it's almost like it's accepted as the way of life. It's, I, mean, I think people are tired of, of fighting. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like you waste your energy 
it's almost like you're just moving for the sake of emotion. And I, I, I draw this parallel in the story with a, a physical death and a metaphorical death, you know, of accepting things, accepting the way things are, accepting how things are. And it's just not, it's not just even, even my country. There's many other countries where I travel where people have accepted even something that is not even good for them, but they've accepted it as the way of life, as the way the things are. And I wanted to interrogate this, but still be able to show a bit of a resi- of resilience. And because there are few individuals who could, who sometimes they, they, they stood up. I was in a bank the other day uh, in the city and there was this um, Chinese man who cut the line and some people were just quiet. I mean, they just like, okay. Mm-hmm. But there were people who were like, no, 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 who had to call him off. And of course, they're used to doing this in Kenya. They're used to doing this in, 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 you know, all in Sudan. There are many, and there's many I've heard of these stories. And I've, I, there were a few individuals who stood up and said, no, you're going to, and it doesn't matter how much money, it doesn't matter um, how much privileges you have, you're going to have to join the line from the outside. And they really fought for that. And for me, this was important to also show um, this, um, this, this resilience about people, this something that there are people who see it also not just as, as, as just as it's given, uh, we just, it's, it's the way it is, but to see some sort of a different story that how it could go, uh, um, how their lives could turn out. You are mentioning how um, you want to be treat everyone fairly in this film. Um, that's one of the things that I really like about it. Um, even though it has political elements, it's not such a condemnation um, necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just more part of it. For instance, there's this detail you have where um, the cemetery that's so central to the film isn't some pristine place. You know, we first see it sort of strewn with trash. And I'm curious mm-hmm. if you could elaborate a little bit on including um, that detail in the film mm, yeah I, I think the, the the film is full of uh, ambiguities yeah. um, and that's the the motifs throughout the film uh, this uh, whether it's something to do with tradition or it's something to do with the progress uh, it's something to do with afterlife or this life mm-hmm. or it has something to do with the living or the dead or or it has something to do with uh, the new and the old, whether the child, whether it's the, or the, 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 the elderly woman. So there is this ambiguities, which I, I, I personally feel like that's, um, I wanted to exhibit life itself beyond my world that I, I have drawn, beyond this world of my film but and go back to human nature itself and this contradictions mm-hmm. that you will never fully say, no one can be fully uh, liberal. Um, there is conservative, conservative uh, uh, part about ourselves. Um, even, even when it comes to God, um, you, you can be pure, there is no pure, there, there, it doesn't exist. Even when it comes to creating myself as a creator, there is no perfection. Perfection, it's just a, it's just a bullshit. It's just, a, I think the, the, the beautiful thing about it, it's that we strive for it. Mm-hmm. It's something we strive for it, but it doesn't exist. Um, so 
they cannot be light without 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 the darkness mm-hmm. and it, and this goes to and this goes to uh to 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 to, to life itself it's the exhibit about life about uh this intertwine things come intertwine that are weaved together life it, it's some it's a thing that are weaved together so i want to show this as in real life mm-hmm. uh, what i believe in um I first saw this movie at last year's Sundance Film Festival, where it just towered over everything else in terms of pure command of sound and image. Um, It's a film that communicates very powerfully through the force and precision of its aesthetic design. Um, You have all these extraordinarily rich colors and the camera work is very well calibrated. Um, I guess I don't want to say perfect now since you (laughs) just did that, but it seems um, very composed. Um, as you're initially envisioning the film, are these the aspects that come to you first? Yeah, I think it, it, it's very, the, everything happens very simultaneous. Um, I didn't want to feel like I want to paint. I wanted to draw inspiration from painting. My attempt was to paint my ideas. That's where everything springs from. I wanted to freeze them in time. Um, to to exhibit mosaic of all the ideas that I have, even attempt to to exhibit them or to show them in one frame. In one frame, I wanted to show many ideas, not just one mm-hmm. ideas. So I think this allowed me to to sort of use the form that I used in the film. That everything becomes almost steel. That everything is steel, and the life that I'm portraying, the life that I'm pro- I'm projecting it's steel life. It's a very steel, it's a very snail paced life. And that's how, in, if you go to Lesotho, that's how people actually live. It's very slow. When you're in South Africa, you think everything is in storage and then you go to Lesotho, everything is backward in time. We, we literally back, back in time. And I love this. Uh, and I feel like it, the film, I wanted the film to translate that. At the same time, um, there's a lot of, you know, with the imagery, there's a lot of very evocative language in the film, beginning with the monologue of the narrator and through even to the title itself. At one point, you have a character say, writing is like a song or a dance. Can you elaborate on your own approach to language in the film? You know, I'm trying to divorce the idea of language. Um, I really want to divorce the language. I I want to strive for what uh, Gabriel Mambetti, um, who said that um, the, the, we need to hear with our eyes and see with our ears. Mm. This is the language that I'm striving. I, I don't want to use even the word language. I'm striving for to divorce the form itself um, and, and, approach, and approach the work as a, as a novice, approach ideas rather, but not a form, not... Uh, the vehicle of 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 that um, that transport the ideas, but more of the of the ideas. But at the same time, um, I, I mean, I I, I grew up very. Uh, with, with, I come from a very strong um, visual language. Um, whether it's uh, it's an oral literature or, or oral poetry, I, I grew up in uh, with. Um, it, it's very visual. Everything was very visual. So it's almost come very automatic for me 
to start with the visuals and then the, 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 the other part comes, but sometimes it's the, it's the, it's the text itself. You know, in addition to the visuals, um, the score for the film is incredible and really varied throughout yeah. the different scenes. Can you tell us about creating the score and the soundscape in general? Um, you know, I, 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 there's a friend of mine, his name is Yu and he's a Japanese guy. And one thing that we, we liked about, um, about each other's work was because we, we appreciated the same philosophers. Um, and we, we spent a lot of nights and just thinking about philosophy. And, uh, and what I liked about um, his way of, of approaching um, his music is, is that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't approach it from the place of, of, of form. He's very formless in his approach to work. He, he, he's very well educated in music. He, he knows what is the right note is. But at the same time, I wanted to create from the feeling. So we were, we were very synchronized when it comes to this, that we create from the feeling, not from if everything goes right, if, it, if, it, if it's right, if it's technically sound, but if, it's, if, it, if, if, if it feels good, um, that's the way to go. You made this film in a remote area of a country we don't see much in cinema. Um, can you tell us in practical terms what it's like making a film in Lesotho? Uh, do you bring in gear and crew to make this movie? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, you know, there's, there's still infrastructure. We're still very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, surely we're getting there. Um, because of the of, of the snow infrastructure that much, so we have to get a gear from South Africa and some of the crew members from South Africa. Um, it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's really beautiful, uh, which is, is one of the uh, maybe... Um, I don't know if it's if it's a good or if it's a bad thing, um, but it can be it can pigeonhole you into sort of a picturesque film. You, you can fall into that cliches, so it's almost like something that you one has to be very mindful of, not to fall into the you know into, into the cliches of a beautiful picture. So it's almost like negotiation all the time because it looks really beautiful. It does look beautiful, but I wouldn't say it's cliched at all. Um, you know the presentation of your film. That's why most of that's why that's why it was a sixteen ball was a three by four. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the reasons. I find that the most beautiful aspect ratio. Um, ah, me too. <laughs> but the aspect, but if it was a sixteen by nine, imagine. Yeah, right. Uh, it, it would be like it would be, and also I wanted to one of the things that I wanted to do was that I wanted to uh, to have uh, the landscape as a character mm-hmm. and have. The, the 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 people uh, as a sort of a landscape. Yeah, that was I was gonna say. You know, there's the landscape of the scenery, and then there's the landscape of your lead actress's face, which I think gets even more attention um, in the film. Mm, Probably because, yeah. like you say, you lop off the sides with the uh, yeah four by three. Um, her presence is obviously essential to the film. She's at the center of pretty much every scene. Can you talk about how you found her and what your collaboration was like? Um, yeah, I, I found her through my producer, Kate. Um, she sent me the tape of, of Mary uh, auditioning and I, I really fell in love with Mary. I fell in love with her. I think above all, I, I fell in love with, with, with a passion. Um, he went, I, mean, I thought she brings something that is, she amplifies my ideas with just her face mm-hmm. and with just the way she vocalized things. And uh, 
and she was she was just she was just a soldier i mean it's like she was like 80 years old 81 but at some point she will fall down but she will just keep going she just keep going you just keep going uh, i mean i was in awe of really just working with her um she literally just allowed me to push her to you know to her limit she literally surrendered everything to to make this picture yeah it's an amazing performance um i guess uh i'd like to wrap up by talking about so you're based in berlin currently um and I would like to know what it meant for you to return to Lesotho to make this movie and how living abroad may have affected your perspective on the country. Hmm. I think, um, I mean, I, I go to Lesotho now and then, so uh, I'm very familiar with it. I, I feel more safe uh, shooting film in Lesotho. Like I'm planning out to shoot film here, but it's such a, it's such a it's such a difficult thing in my head. I need to shift my head my head space. In Berlin, you mean shooting um, a film? Yeah, and because now because of the COVID and right. so and I had to do my my video installation here. So it, it's such a it was like a, I had like it was, it's a paradigm shift that had to happen, mm-hmm. like for me to now start to see poetry in this place. And of course, there is there is a a, a beautiful architecture. And uh, very interesting people here, but I, I find Lesotho, um, there's something very special that I connect to automatically. It's like a back of my hand. Mm. It's very clear. I know the I know the landscape of that place. I, I know the roots that grew, which roots, which 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 trees. What is the smell? Which winds? I I know it very well. Um, so. So it, it was very organic for me to go back to Lesotho and, and shoot a movie. Um, what was that, your other question? Uh, um, I'm curious if, if your uh, perspective on it has changed, I guess, since you... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think like when you live outside of your country, somehow you start to see it differently. Um, you start to appreciate this little thing. I mean, the, the, when I'm living in my country, I feel like it's literally Shakespeare and tragedy. <laughs> what was the political situation happening? And then I, I said, when I, when, I, when I move away uh, for some time, when I'm away for some time, I really start to appreciate even the little failures, mm. the small things, I start to appreciate them. I guess because I miss it. I, I guess because now I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a stranger here. I'm an outsider here. And I feel like this, um, uh, yeah, I, I, started, I, started, I think I started to explore it more. And it, it doesn't actually even influence me because I, in my head, creatively, I'm still there. Hmm. I'm still there. I'm still keeping up with what's happening. Um, whether it's a new art that is coming up, whether it's a new film that's coming up, whether it's, whether it's poetry, scene, I'm still very much uh, involved. Hmm. Well, yeah. um, it's a beautiful movie. And thank you for sharing it with us and for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that you saw it in, in Sundance. I'm very happy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's we had programmed it for our festival last year, but it got canceled. And um, I'm glad that people are finally yeah. able to see it. But really, on the big screen with sound, it's quite an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate you. And thanks for coming in and uh, 
I look forward to seeing this movie if you make one in Germany. That would be very interesting. Yes, uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, well, whatever you make, <laughs> I'll be definitely checking it out. All right, cool. No, thank you very much, Mike. Right. Thank you. Bye.